Daniel chapter number 6. Starting with verse number 1, let's all stand together. We'll read verse 1 through 10. The Bible says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom a hundred and twenty princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the kings should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful. Neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king, and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom and governors and princes and counselors and captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Let's pray. Father, I am grateful for this opportunity to stand here this evening and to preach your word. Uh, Lord, I ask that you would open hearts uh, and that you would uh, speak to us, Lord, through your word, that you would use me, that you would help me through the Holy Ghost, Father, to say the words that you would have me to say and to give this message as you would have me to give it, Lord. God, I pray that you would, uh, that you would bless us, bless this church, Lord, as we uh, try to do your will and try to lead the lost to Christ, as we try to be a light in this community. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would uh, help in that, Father, and that we would be so devoted to your will in our lives. We do pray for our pastor this evening as he preaches. Uh, we pray for those that will be listening to him, that you move in their hearts as well. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. What I want to preach on for just a few minutes tonight is having a faith like Daniel. Uh, this chapter of Daniel, this story, and we're going to go further into it, is, is nothing new to any of us. If you've spent just a, a week or so in church, uh, you, you've heard the story of Daniel and the lion's den. As a matter of fact, as I read and studied, uh, the story of Daniel uh, by many is believed to be the, the most favorite Sunday school lesson that kids learn. Uh, the story of Daniel and his faith in God and and the, the uh, fear uh, that, that there would have been with those big lions, and, and, and kids love that. And, and I love uh, about the Word of God that something that gets me excited at 6 years old also gets me excited at 31 years old. And if I make it to 90 years old, I can come back and read the same passage, and it'll excite me then, too. I love how the Word of God is always alive, and it's living and working in our hearts. Um, and as we read here about Daniel, we, we, as you read through the book of Daniel, you see that the man was totally devoted to God in so many ways. And I think about our own lives, and I think about how 
uh, how oftentimes we get uh, so uh, distracted uh, and caught up in the everyday. Uh, the devil has a, a way of working, uh, not in a way that will, uh, although his desire is to, to ruin our life, um, but ultimately, if he can distract us from the things of God, if he can take our mind off of God's purpose and God's will for our life, uh, then just in doing that, we become no longer effective for the Lord. Um, I'll give you an example. When I was saved when I was 13 years old, um, as I, as I got a little bit older, I began to really struggle and doubted my salvation. Many of you have heard my testimony. I won't go into the whole thing, but the church that I grew up in was not, uh, not a very, uh, in-depth church with its preaching. Uh, we're very blessed, uh, I might not say this if he was here, but no, I'm just kidding. I, we're very blessed to have a pastor that studies the Word like he does and that preaches like he does. Uh, the church that I grew up in, it, each Sunday was a salvation message. It was good doctrine. But I thought when I got saved at 13 years old, all's done and, and good in the world, and that's the end of it for me. Uh, and as I got older, I struggled and I doubted, and I didn't, I didn't really know if I was saved, um, certainly. Um, and as I, as I began to read the Word of God in my late teenage years and, and uh, turning around 20 years old, um, I, I got assurance of my salvation, but in doing that, I realized that the devil had been playing a trick on me for five or six years there, uh, making me think about me and worry about me. And in that time, I was not able to think about the lost around me. I was not able to think about the other things that God would have me to do. When we look at Daniel's life, we see that he was constantly devoted to what God had for his purpose in his life. And so as we preach tonight, I want us to think about uh, about the way that we are living in our day-to-day and if we are truly seeking for the day-to-day following God's will in our lives. Um, I want us to look at Daniel's life, and I want to start by looking at Daniel's character, uh, specifically his conduct. Look in verse number 4. It says, uh, it says, the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful. Neither was there any error or fault found in him. Daniel was a man of good conduct. Daniel was a man of holy conduct. Uh, he kept himself in a way in which he had maintained a testimony in which others uh, were made aware. As a matter of fact, even when they tried to dig into his life, uh, they did not find anything that they could pin against him. Um, there's, I think that it would uh, be appropriate to say that if we were to just expose every everything about ourselves, that there would be uh, much shame brought. Uh, the reality of us being human beings, flesh and blood, sinful creatures, um, if we were to, to put our lifetime of the things that we have done, every each and uh, single one of us would be ashamed of many of the things that we have done. Um, now, this does not mean that Daniel was a perfect man. However, he was focused enough to make sure that he was living his life in a way that brought God glory day to day. Uh, now, when we when we live, we're living here in 2018. We have to get up. Most of us are going to have to get up and go to work in the morning. If you don't have to go to work in the morning, you're liable to encounter somebody at least by Tuesday or Wednesday. And we have to ask ourselves, in what way are we conducting ourselves in front of these other people? Uh, are, as we approach people, are we considering their state spiritually? 
Are, are we thinking about uh, where they stand before God? Or are we just thinking about the conversation that we'll have with them? Or are we just thinking about the business that we need to do with them? I, I think that, we, that Daniel looked, looked at his life as every single opportunity was a door that God was opening for something that he could do to glorify Christ. Something that he could do uh, that, would bring, that would bring God glory. So, uh, an action that he could do uh, that would draw him closer to the Lord. Uh, the devil oftentimes will put things in our life to try to trip us up and try to uh, try to uh, hurt us as far as our testimony is concerned. Uh, many times at work, I work in, in a construction field. Um, there's many, many, many people that are lost, um, that, that carry on with vile conversation, uh, that have no interest in the things of God. But I make a point that when I go before people, when I meet people for the first time, I try my absolute best to start talking about Christ in some way, to start talking about church, to talk about the young people in our youth, talk about my, me and my wife's involvement. Not because there's anything special about me, but there's something awfully special about my Christ. And I want other people to know that as well. I want when them look, to look at me, I want them to know that man is a Christian. That man openly talks about uh, Jesus Christ. So we see, we see Daniel's conduct and the way in which he carried himself. But also look at verse number 10. It says, Daniel knew that the writing was signed, and he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed, and gave thanks before his God, as he did aforetime. Daniel was committed to the Lord at all cost. Daniel was committed to the Lord no matter what it might cost him. I wonder if we ask ourselves today what we're willing to do what we're willing, what what uh, danger we're willing to encounter for the sake of Christ. I tell our young people on a regular basis that if we were doing this right now in China, we would be in prison. If we were doing this in in, in certain countries, we would immediately be put to death. We have a great freedom in this country, but uh, I'm not so naive as to believe that there could not come the day uh, that we have to make those types of decisions. That we have to de- determine, are we going to be continue to be Bible-believing Christians, or will we compromise? Uh, there may come the day that, that uh, Brother Toby or myself or anybody else standing up here and preaching uh, could be taken off and put into a prison for the things that we preach out of the Word of God. We have to determine and decide within our hearts, how much am I willing to be committed to God? Uh, those of you, each of you sitting here, God's got a specific will for your life. Uh, God, God has a purpose for you. It doesn't matter if y'all are young. Uh, the baby's in here. doesn't matter uh, if you're old. God still has a purpose for your life. If you didn't have a purpose for your life, you'd be with Him in heaven right now. Uh, that, that continues on. That purpose does not end. And our purpose as Christians, God's will for us, is to continually to go out, to share the gospel with others, to be a light, and to lead others to Christ. Uh, we, we've got so many people in our community, in our workplace, in our families that are dying and going to hell. And we know that, and we might pray for them, but are we going the extra step? Are we making that commitment to the Lord every single day to be doing everything that we can to share the gospel with others and to go out and to try to reach them and to bring them in? If we were to think of people in our own life right now, you could think of two or three people that you know either is saved and needs to be back in church or is lost. Um, and, and I think that we ought to be reaching out to those people on a regular basis. Um, I, I've got a friend that, who grew up in church that's no longer in church. 
Um, and part of the reason for that is because of what he says is the hypocrisy of church. Uh, well, the reality is that we're all hypocrites a little bit, aren't we? Uh, I mean, that's just our human nature. And, uh, and when, I, when I have somebody do me wrong, that, that might be somebody in church that I love or care about, uh, I'm not above getting my feelings hurt. However, um, instead of saying, I got my feelings hurt at church, I'm not going back to church, um, I think as Christians we ought to say, uh, this hurt my feelings. Uh, I want to be, I want to live even stronger like the type of Bible Christian I ought to to set a better example in front of that person. It doesn't make me want to run, it makes me want to dig in more for the Lord. Um, to get more serious for God and to commit to God, to His will for my life. So Daniel, he was committed to God, but then also he was separated from that culture that was going on at that time. Uh, as, as we read in the beginning of Daniel, Daniel was taken out of, uh, out of Babylon, uh, and he immediately stayed devoted and committed to the Lord. He did not change the way that he lived according to the culture that was going on around him. Uh, we today in America are going, are, we are in a culture war. I mean, every time you turn on the news, there's, uh, you know, uh, the, this, this gender going in this bathroom and this person wanting to say this and that. And, and I'm not going to get into all that because we know the truth, don't we, about all that stuff. Um, but uh, we, we're in the middle of a culture war. And the devil is after our young people, and he's trying to deceive them, and he's trying to make them, and also us adults, believe that if we don't get on board, that we're going to be left behind, uh, that, that, uh, that we'll be cast off. And the devil is very uh, cunning in that way. However, let me say, Daniel was separated from his culture. We're called to be separated from the world as well. Uh, as we look in our own lives, we have, to, we have to constantly be very cautious of the things that we allow into our lives. Even things that may not be sinful, there's things that can take us away from the Lord. There's things that we can become more focused on than God's purpose in our life, and we make an idol out of it. Uh, this culture that we live in today, uh, it, laughs, uh, it laughs at and it mocks Christianity um, it, it uh, I, I believe Brother Toby was telling me the other day, is it, is it Alexa? Is that the little Google machine? Is that what it is? I don't know. I don't have one of those. But um, yeah, I believe he said that if you ask him who, who um, Muhammad is, it talks about him being a, a religious figure. If you ask him who Jesus Christ is, it calls him a fictional character, um, which... Even if you don't believe Christ was the Son of God, he wasn't a fictional character. But either way, I won't get into that. But uh, we live in a culture that is absolutely 100% opposed to Jesus Christ. And, and it has to be made up in the foundations of our heart where we stand. And it has to be unshakable. Daniel wasn't going to let some law that was made that said that he was not allowed to pray anymore, that he was not allowed to seek anything after his God. He wasn't going to let that stop him. He wasn't going to let anything about that change his, uh, change his faith whatsoever. And we have to look in our own lives and we have to ask ourselves, are we allowing anything in this world to influence us? Are we allowing anything around us to change us? Listen. If, if your work doesn't like it because you talk about the Lord, I would continue to do it anyway. I would let God handle all that stuff. Um, I would do it with caution, but I would follow the Lord. And if people around you don't like it when you would pray, I'd still bow my head and silently pray. I'm not saying to be ugly in our religion. I, I'm not saying to do that or, or to be uh, uh, hateful. Uh, my wife says when I say ugly, people don't understand what I'm saying half the time. Um, I, I'm not saying that we ought to be hateful in, in what we believe. But what I am saying is that we ought to stand firm on the Bible and we should not be ashamed of it, regardless of what our culture is teaching.
So Daniel had great character. He, he, he was a man of great character. Well, let's also look at Daniel's communion, his prayer time with the Lord. Again, there in verse number 10, uh, it says that his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. Daniel's prayer life, uh, it was known that Daniel was a man of prayer. Um, I touched on this earlier, but people around us, we ought to live in such a way that people just know where we stand. Uh, we should, we should, it should not be uh, a question to our family and to the people that we work with, where we stand on on uh, biblical issues. Um, it should be very clear that we stand with God. We stand uh, with our faith based on the Word of God. Um, as, as things change and as things become more challenging uh, in, in, in our uh, culture today, we have, to, we have to publicly stand opposed to those things. Daniel here, he was not afraid to be a, a man that was public about his Christianity. Um, I love sharing the gospel with others. I love taking the word of God and I lo- uh, being able to share that with other people. I love asking people uh, about their church attendance and, and if they go to church, if they, I try to look for opportunities to, to talk to them about salvation. I love that. And the reason that I love that is because God has blessed me at times and I've been able to see people get saved. Um, and that's an exciting thing to see, to see somebody get saved before you. And in doing that, it makes me want to strive to do that even more. It makes me want to be bolder in, my, in our Christianity. Listen, our problem with churches today is, has nothing to do with, with there being any change in God. God doesn't change. It has to do with there being changes within people in the church. Uh, right now, most church people are weak, anemic Christians. They don't study the Word of God, and they don't pray like they ought to be praying. Ask yourself right now, are you really devoting the type of time that you ought to to studying the Word of God and praying each and every single day? And you may say, well, I do that all the time. Praise the Lord, we ought to do that. But the reason that we're in the shape that we're in uh, with, with, the, with the church here in America is not because that God's not moving. Uh, it's not because God's not willing to move. It's not because God uh, has just stepped out on us. It's because that we as Christians have not gotten in the Word as we ought to and got committed to this thing like we really ought to do as those did before us. It's because, it's because of our unwillingness. But Daniel was not afraid of doing that. He, he remained public and was not afraid of, of the consequence of what might take place. But let me also say that his, uh, his prayer life uh, with God, it, it, was, uh, it was intentional. Um, it was something he did on purpose. Look at verse number 1 and 2 again. It says, that It pleased Darius to set the kingdom 120 princes over the whole kingdom, and over these three presidents, who Daniel was the first, and the princes might give accounts unto them, kings should have no damage. Daniel, when you read this right here, what this tells me is Daniel was an important man, but there's no doubt that Daniel was a busy man. I mean, he, he, was, he, was in char- he was the top of three of these presidents over 120 princes. There is no doubt in my mind that he stayed busy in doing that. But how oftentimes do we make the excuse that we're just too busy in life to be devoted to, to church things, to be devoted to church attendance, to be devoted to different ministries, to be able to set aside certain time to pray and to study our Bible every day? And we make this excuse of time, and, and I don't have that ability. Daniel's prayer life was intentional. It was on purpose and it mattered to him. If we treat if we treat our, our walk with Christ as something that we'll do uh, in our spare time and just when, when things open up, you'll find that you never have spare time and things never open up. It has to be something that you do on purpose. It has to be something uh, that you, you do intentionally, that you set your mind to each and every day. 
um, in, instead of going home and, and uh, eating dinner and then turning on the TV for three or four hours in the evening before you go to bed, uh, turn the TV off and read your Bible for an hour or so. Study the Word of God and meet with God and pray. Listen. It's good to meet with God. It's good. the times that, that that I'm able to, to that I get down and pray, and God meets with me, and I feel like I, I know I'm in His presence, and I don't want to leave His presence. That's exciting, and we ought to seek after that each and every single day to to, to uh, have that communion and that time with God. And it has to be something that is intentional. Let me also say this: coming here, and Brother Jim touched on it briefly about us being active in our worship. Coming here into God's house. Uh, if we if we get up on Sunday morning and just come in because it's the norm, uh, we're not as likely to get as much out of it as if we get up with the intention of coming to meet with God and worship Him. If if, if our purpose is to come into God's house and to praise the name of Jesus Christ and to worship our living God, then we'll find the Holy Spirit working in our hearts and moving in our service. We'll find God doing great things in our church. But there's there's many churches out there. Uh, and I won't say that our church is one of these because I don't believe we are. But people just kind of roll in and go through the motions, and that's where they are. Our our prayer life, our Christian life, it's got to be something intentional. Um, it's got to be something that we do on purpose. I also say that Daniel's prayer life was frequent. It says he kneeled upon his knees three times a day. As I read and studied, I was looking at Matthew Henry's commentary, and he said that for our fleshly bodies, we're willing to set aside three times a day to feed it. How much more should we set aside time to feed our spiritual side, our soul? And I thought, wow, that, that's absolutely right. We ought to be constantly in prayer to the Lord. Uh, I, I find myself at times just, just talking to God in the middle of working on something. Just There's nobody else around, uh, but God's there. And, and, and I, I just love talking to Him. I just love being able to, to tell Him about, uh, about my needs. And he, he knows about it all, but I just love being able to share so many things with Him and ask Him for help in my life and for help in the lives of my loved ones and to be able to have that time with Him. But, but we ought to intentionally and frequently meet with the Lord as Daniel did. Listen, there is power in prayer. Uh, God God works through prayer. Uh, I try to to help our young people all the time to understand that when we take prayer requests, don't just throw it out there because you want your neighbor to know what's going on in your life. Let's let's pray about it because God's listening and He wants to answer that prayer. He wants to be actively involved in our lives, in our every single uh, every single moment of our lives. We Rachel and I try so hard to teach our our children about. Uh, about the Lord and about prayer. As a matter of fact, our our prayer, Rachel and I's, when we read with our kids, uh, is that all three of our children will be saved while they're young and in our house. I don't want to. I, I want them to be saved. Uh, praise the Lord if they do get saved when they're 40, 50, 60 years old. But I don't want this world to rip them up and scar them. I want them to get saved while they're young. I want them to trust in Christ. I want them to have assurance of that salvation while they're young. Uh, I, I, I believe that that's something we ought to do. Miss Sue, she sang about our heritage. Uh, I believe that that, that that is something that is, that is important. Uh, we read the Bible the other night, and, and Levi interrupted, and he said, Daddy, everybody sins, except horses. They don't sin. <laughs> Oh, well, that's pretty interesting doctrine you got there. But uh, our it ought to be our it ought to be what we're totally devoted to our prayer life, our 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 commitment and devotion to God. Let all these distractions just get out and get away from us. That's what what I love so much about our church camp is we go up in June and it's hot and and uh, by the end of the week the kids stink and everybody stinks and. 
but the preaching is good, and there's no TV, and there's no uh, there's no radio, and there's no internet, and, and we're able to get all the things out of the out of our minds that the devil tries to distract us with. And just get down and pray and talk to God and see God work. And it's great and it's wonderful and it draws us closer to God. So in Daniel's life, he communed with God on a, on a regular basis, a frequent basis. So we see his character, we see his communion, but then also we see this courage. Look in verse number 16. It says, The king commanded and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually... He will deliver thee. Now, I asked you earlier, what, what, to what level are we willing to uh, accept as far as danger, uh, what we may encounter? Um, I want you to think about the position that Daniel was in. Uh, he was, he was uh, being accused of something that, uh, by that law, he was guilty of, even though what he was doing was not wrong. Um, but the people that were after him, the number of them, I mean, the, the people that came together to create this decree was the princes and, the, and these presidents, over 120 people. And then it also says there in verse 7 uh, that the governors and princes and counselors and captains, think of the multitude of people that were against Daniel. Think of the pressure that was on Daniel. Think of the, the, think of the weight of that persecution in which he was feeling and then knowing that he was about to be cast into the den of lions. I can say most assuredly, we have not faced such type of persecution. But we read here in the Bible of this man, Daniel, that, that still continued to be committed to the Lord. I, I, my heart breaks for people in other countries that are, that are our brethren uh, that are constantly under attack, that are constantly in prison, that are beaten, uh, and, that are murdered uh, for the sake of Christ. I think that it does us well to consider them. Because in doing that, it reminds us how blessed we are to be here. But it also should show us what we should be willing for our Savior. Where we should, what we should be willing to do. Where we should be willing to go. Listen, it's easier to stand up here where we're free people in America and say, I'll do anything for God anytime. But then what if God lays on your heart to be a missionary to Iran tomorrow? A place that you might have to go and you could potentially uh, lose your life for doing that. What are we willing to do for God? Uh, we, we, have to, we, we have to just totally yield ourselves and just give it over and say, God, whatever it is, I'm willing to do it. You, you take the contract and you write it up and I'll sign it. It doesn't matter to me. I'll, I'll follow you to the ends of the world. I'll do whatever you would have me to do. Daniel had that type of courage during his persecution, but also his courage was persistent. Look at verse 17 and 18. It says, A stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet, and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Now, there's not very much said here uh, at all about Daniel other than he was placed into the lion's den. But I can't help but think from the testimony of Daniel, I don't think he was put into the lion's den kicking and screaming. Um, I believe that he was placed into the lion's den uh, trusting in his God, in our God. Uh, I believe that, that uh, the whole through the night that he remained uh, having courage, trusting that God would keep him safe, uh, put it, willing, to, willing that uh, whatever may happen to him, that it be the will of God. Whatever uh, may, may uh, be his life through the night or his end through the night, that it be God's purpose uh, and God's 
will for him. Um, we have to remember through these dark times that we may encounter in our life, we have to remain faithful and keep courage in the Lord, knowing that he is completely and totally in control of every single detail of our life, of every single thing that is going on. Can't you look back in your life, those of you that's got some age to you? I know I can to be able to see things that that at times were dark and confusing and not knowing why things were happening and what was going on and how did I get here and and what's happening in my life and be able to look back and see the hand of God working and doing something and and drawing us closer and and glorifying uh, Jesus Christ all, all at the same time, God's working hand in that. We're able to see see that in our life, and we have to remain persistent, knowing that regardless of what may happen, that God is still in control. But then let me also say that the, the, key, to, the key to Daniel's courage, it was God's power. Look at verse number 19 uh, here uh, through 22. It says, The kings arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Now think about after, imagine after uh, Darius had said that and just listening for the silence for a second. And then, and then out of the silence, Daniel said unto the king, O king, live forever. My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lions' mouths that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocency was found in me, and I also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. God moved in Daniel's life. He, it wasn't the first time he had seen it. God did a very powerful and mighty thing in Daniel's life. And let me just say, if, you, uh, if, if we are willing to give over our lives completely, now, I, I, now of course, I'm talking about we, we become born-again Christians, but as Christians, daily, give our life over, yield it up to God, we will see God work in a powerful way in our life. I believe... The reason that our church is growing, the reason that we're seeing so many blessings happen in our church is because we, as a church, in one accord, want to see God work. We're, we, as a church, are yielded to God working here. We're, we're not ashamed of the gospel. Uh, we, we, don't, we don't try to compromise, uh, but we, we preach the Lord Jesus Christ and His salvation. And in doing that, God works in a mighty and a powerful way. You know, I was thinking... Uh, if we were really able to grab hold of the fact that we have access to the living God, to Almighty God, the Creator of all things, we, I mean, we wouldn't be able to stand it. We'd shout for five hours in here. But it, it just doesn't, we can't, it doesn't register in our mind the access. And what a blessing that it is to be able to pray to God and, and, and to, to ask Him to work in, in our life and, and, uh, and to see Him work. But then lastly, I'll say, <clears throat> in Daniel's life, the result of all these things, we see the king's decree. Uh, look in verse number 25 and 26 with me. It says, King Darius wrote unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, Peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, and steadfast forever, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be even unto the end. Daniel's life uh, forced others to see 
how God was working and God's power and God's ability. And if we really want, if we if we really want others in our life that we love and care about to see to see God and to come to know God, then we ourselves have to look at our own lives and how we're living before God, so that He can work in our lives, so that it can be something that's real. Listen, if Christianity is nothing more to you than just a set of rules that you're trying to follow, then that's all that anybody in your family and workplace is going to see as well. But if they see a real love for a living God, for a living Savior, for somebody that saved you from your wicked sin when you deserve to die and to go to hell, and they see that life in you and that excitement for Christ in you, then they'll be able, as Darius did in Daniel's life, to be able to see that you do serve the living God, and it'll make a great impact in their life. Let me also say um, the work in our life, but then there's God's deliverance. Look at verse number 27. It says, He delivereth and rescueth. He worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth. Who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? Darius saw that Daniel was delivered. Darius saw that there must be this this God that Daniel serves. He must be real. He must be a living God. These lions that we have, they're they're uh, they're terrifying. They're they're uh, we we throw people in there all the time, and they rip them apart and they kill them. And we put Daniel in there for an entire night, and he goes in completely untouched. This can only be from the hand of this God that Daniel serves. Uh, I, I think that we ought to look in our lives. We ought to see how God's hand has moved in our lives. We ought to we ought to pray that uh, that we yield ourselves and that God can. Continue to work in our life and that God use us in a way that brings others to Christ. That God use us in a way that shines a light that others may see that they too seek the Savior that saved us. Aren't you thankful this evening that God was willing to save a sinner like you? I am too. Let's